Welcome to The Inner Circle, the podcast bringing you into honest conversations about climate action. Together, we'll talk to business owners, experts, activists, and others who are working on circular economy initiatives on the ground. We'll uncover what we're doing right, where people are going wrong, and what needs to be done to change the system to value people and the planet. Together, we're making the impossible possible. Welcome back to The Inner Circle. My name is Erin Andrews. I'm the founder and executive director of Impact Zero, and I'm so happy to have you back with me this week to talk about all things circular economy. So the first thing I want to share with you this week is a very cool thing that happened earlier. I think it was on Wednesday, maybe, or Tuesday. I don't know. (laughs) One day this week, I actually was on CBC's radio show called Here and Now with Jill Deacon, and we basically chatted about circular economy solutions and why they need to be local. Um, Obviously, the radios and, and mass media are super into the Loop idea right now, which is great. Loop is a great company working on that really big brand type of reusable system. But I wanted to take the opportunity to share about why, like, even though these companies are awesome, why we really need to be focusing on, like, community-led, resiliency-focused circular projects. So if you caught that, I know it's probably not likely that you did, but um, that was, like, a really fun thing that we got to do and help to spread the word about circular economies. So that was kind of a fun win that I had this week. But um, on the note of our accelerator program and our local projects, um, now we're coming to the end of our second week almost of this program, which is super crazy to think about. Um, And so far, it's been really great. Like even going through just like the initial planning phase of these projects has proven to be quite beneficial to making sure that we're going to have a really productive 16 weeks. And um, I'm not going to share too much about the projects at the moment because obviously some of it is still under wraps, but I can just say that I'm very confident in the environmental impact that both of these companies are going to be making and their opportunity to really make a significant impact in Toronto's circular economy infrastructure is just so there. We've already connected them with other businesses working on similar things, fostering more collaborations even beyond the network. So I'm really, really, really excited to, you know, see where these go. Like we're only in week two and it feels like so much has already happened. So I just can't even imagine what's going to happen come June um, with all of this awesome stuff. So I'll keep you posted on that. Um, But for now, that's where we're at. So Something else I wanted to mention is just a reminder that if you are someone in Canada working on circular economy initiatives, then you might want to register for our next circular networking night on Monday, April 5th at 6 p.m. Eastern time. So we do not host this on Zoom. We host it on a platform called Remo, which is more natural feeling kind of networking event where you can jump 
back and forth between tables. We have like a shuffle feature now. Um, so I'll do like, I do a quick intro at the beginning, but then most of the time is spent just meeting other people around the Canadian circular economy space, because it's really nice to just, you know, see new faces, especially in a pandemic situation. Sometimes it's nice to, maybe you're still home, but it's a little bit, you know, changing up the, the usual routine. So if that's something you're interested in, definitely register for Monday, April 5th. And of course, as always, if you would like to support the inner circle, I'd love for you to donate as an individual or consider becoming a corporate sponsor for not just the podcast, but for the other amazing programs that we're running, including our accelerator program, including our various research and education initiatives. Um, and you can learn more about that and donate at impactzero.ca slash donate. So this week's fun circular economy facts are kind of about, you know, a little bit about the things that are wrong, but also a little bit about the things that are going right. So these are from the Circularity Gap Report 2021. So it's a very recent report. And these state that 22.8 billion tons of annual emissions associated with creating new products from virgin materials can be eliminated by applying circular strategies that drastically reduce the amount of minerals, fossil fuels, metals, and biomass consumed by the world's economy. And so just drilling in a little bit further into that stat, so if we're currently emitting 22.8 billion tons of emissions for in this sector. Um, another fun fact is that the circular economy has the power to, sh- to shrink global GHG emissions by 39% and cut virgin resources by 28%. So that's why I, it's so, so important to keep in mind that while circular economy is often talking about physical assets, the reason that we are reducing the amount of stuff we're using is because in the end, you're also reducing greenhouse gas emissions. So it's more than just the thing right in front of you because everything that you have in your house has a greenhouse gas footprint and throwing that away is basically wasting those emissions um, that were used to make that thing, you know, ultimately end up at your house in your hands that you can use. So um, I just wanted to leave you with that. Um, And then as well, as always, I would like to spotlight a business that is in our network because obviously I'm obsessed with the founders and I think that you would like to know about them. And this week I'd actually like to share CASE, which is um, one of the projects that we are working with through the Accelerator. So CASE is a reusable takeout container service for restaurants that is helping to reduce plastic waste by reusing and washing containers instead of sending them to landfill. So as I mentioned, CASE is part of our Impact Project Accelerator. So if you would like to cast your vote to have reusables come to your area, you can do that at getcase.ca slash tellmemore. Or as always, you could please consider to donate to our project fund if you would like to see this project come to fruition. So that goes for CASE, but that also goes for our guest this week, which is going to be Charles from Circular, which is a company that is also operating in Toronto, which is also the other one that is involved in our accelerator program. And we are basically trying to figure out how to make consumer packaged goods 
in reusable packaging. So if you think of anything that you purchase from the grocery store, if you're thinking of anything, if you go to shoppers or your drugstore, um, not necessarily medication, but any of those toiletries, um, any packaged goods like that, Circular is trying to come up with a way to make that packaging reusable. And not just that, but they're also trying to find a way to you know, make it better for the communities as well. Instead of having centralized washing, which is what a lot of other companies seem to be doing. Um, But I will let Charles explain more about that. So without further ado, let's jump into the conversation with Charles. Hey, Charles, welcome to the inner circle. How are you doing today? Not too bad at all. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Thanks for joining us. Uh, so before we get into the actual content about, you know, what Circular is doing, what ha- what's happening in the reusable space, I just want to get a sense of how you got into sustainability in the first place. Why do you care about this stuff? What is Charles's life story? Yeah, that's a great question. I think I started out sort of wondering, you know, what do I want to do with the rest of my life? Um, right at beginning of high school when you have to make that tough decision of, you know, where are you going to university? And um, one of the things that really came up to me was, you know, I want to make an impact on the world and I want to make it, you know, a better place than what I came into it. Um, uh, so what I really sort of started focusing on was how can I do that? And for me, the answer sort of lame sounding was business. I was like, I think social enterprises and businesses are amazing like they have such power to do great in the world if we could motivate them around you know the right um, concepts the right values then that'd be a huge engine for you know creating positive change in the world so when I went to university I went to Wilfrid Laurier and one of the big things there is entrepreneurship so I really tapped into that space I got super interested in it And I kept thinking to myself, you know, I don't want to start a business unless it's going to have this super positive impact on the world. And as a big runner, kayak, nature enthusiast, whatever you want to call it, I would often be out and about and just see all the waste that's just lying on the streets. And to me, that was just, you know, a huge sort of red flag, I guess you could say, of, you know, a problem in our society. And I thought, you know, this is resource at the end of the day. And if we can figure out a way to, you know, rearrange it so that it becomes a valuable resource, then that'd be huge. So I first started, you know, trying to make backpacks out of recycled waste and things like that. And if you could see what I'm wearing right now, which is, you know, a denim shirt and sweatpants, you would know that I'm not actually that fashionable at all. (laughs) And uh, sort of try to focus on, you know, what could I do that would actually make a huge difference? And that's where it sort of ended up on circular, which is, you know, creating a way for businesses to easily reuse their product packaging and making it easy for consumers to, you know, really access that. So that's currently what I'm working on. And it's essentially the, you know, making the reusable economy, the circular economy accessible. Mm -hmm. And so when you first started, um, when you were kind of like this nature guy, and then you're like, I want to do green business stuff. Did you know about the circular economy at that point? Or was it kind of just like, you know, that recycling was something that was good, and you wanted to make products out of that? Or did you just kind of like, think of it? Or did you have this like formal understanding of circularity at the time? Not, I I would say not at all. I think I was pretty unfamiliar with the general space. I thought, you know, 
you know, as you start to learn more about sustainability, you realize there's all these sort of um, things that you sort of learn along the way that, you know, aren't necessarily true. Like at first, when you get into sustainability, it's like, did you know that pizza boxes aren't recyclable or something along those lines <laughs> if they have like food waste on it? And then you start learning about, you know, well, okay, well, there's better alternatives to a lot of your, you know, usual goods. And those are great if you can buy them. But, you know, if you already have that item at home, whether it's a toothbrush or, you know, a bunch of disposable water bottles um, for the extreme example, you know, use those before you get to the actual, you know, the reusable options, because it's not so much about transferring over your whole life to, you know, the reusable movement and um, sustainable clothing and all together. But, you know, the true sustainable option is reuse and it's reducing what you're buying. So don't buy it unless you need it. And then when you do, then that's when you look at, you know, um, is it actually a good product that I'm buying right now? So it's a bit of a slow process and I was nowhere near enough familiar with it. And I would say, you know, in the general fields, um, I'm still one of the newbies, you know, I'm still trying to learn as much as I can reducing, you know, impact wherever I can, but it's, it's something where you're constantly learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it seems like your business is like, as they've kind of iterated, it's as your awareness of sustainability iterates, mm-hmm. you know, like, I feel like yeah. for most consumers, it's like, okay, like I'm going to change my behaviors, but you're like, no, I need to now completely change the direction of my business to make yeah. it more aligned. Like that's a big thing to have to deal with. Mm-hmm, exactly. And I think you can see that. I think the most noticeable step for me was like, oh, if I create demand for this resource, you know, purely from the business perspective that I have, you know, if I view it in an economical situation, if I create a lot of demand for, you know, waste resource, then eventually, you know, supply will increase for it. And I can like pull out more and more from the oceans or in the environment. But, you know, there's a fundamental problem with for that, which is, you know, sort of like the bathtub problem, as I like to call it, you know, you have a bathtub that's overflowing. Do you start using a bucket to empty it? And you put it into like the toilet and you (laughs) flush the toilet or whatever, (laughs) or do you turn off the tap? Like you ask anyone and they say, well, you turn off the tap. So there's great solutions out there like the ocean cleanup and they're doing amazing work in rivers and the ocean. But, you know, at the end of the day, they're always going to be cleaning the ocean more and more if we don't actually put a stop to, you know, the beginning of that problem, which is the linear economy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like stop putting stuff in there in the first place. And then there's not mm-hmm. going to be anything to clean up because they're exactly. just doing it right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, totally. So then on that note, then knowing that like you're on this, the team of, I guess, I guess I don't want to call it teams, but if you're trying to kind of turn off this, uh, this tap, how does circular play a role in that? Like what is circular's yeah. whole thing about, reducing plastic waste then exactly so the way we really see it at circular is all about you know little decisions and we always talk about little decisions sustainability can really add up and it's all just about you know we operate in the sense that we want to make it super accessible for businesses and their customers to reuse their product packaging so for example there's companies out there that use glass, tin, hard plastics, which are essentially just plastics that can be washed and reused and all these other formats, but they're not actually being able to like, you know, take advantage of the reuse aspect of those pieces of packaging and those materials. So the way we're really starting out right now is just working with these companies that have those formats already and just saying, you know, 
we can help you collect this. Um, we can wash it and we'll return it back to you so you can use it again. And over time that, you know, that eventually progresses to more and more products in the store that were originally recyclable or originally single use. And now you get them over to a reuse system where, you know, you can track all the items in it and make sure that, you know, you don't have a broken um, collection rate. You know, recycling has a pretty historically low rate in Canada, unfortunately, um, somewhere around 9% when you look at different, you know, depending on how you scroll down that statistic. But, um, you know, reuse is a pretty good surefire way to make sure you're collecting everything and returning it back to the brand. So over time, um, my real vision is, you know, whatever you buy, whether it's takeout, you're going to the grocery store, essentially whatever you shop, even your shopping bags, you know, you put that in a circular collection bin or site and we take care of it. Um, we sanitize it, we clean it, and we make sure that it's given back to the brands or whoever owns that piece of packaging to use it again and again. And there's, you know, so many positive benefits to that whole sort of system. Mm-hmm. And I think what I really like about this model is that, I mean, obviously people are probably already thinking about Loop. Let's be real. Loop yeah. has a great marketing campaign, but yeah. the difference between what Circular is doing and what Loop is doing is that Circular is very community oriented. You can support local economies, right? Like, mm-hmm. do you mind kind of touching on the differences between Loop and Circular yeah. from that perspective? Because I think that's very significant. Yeah, so I'd like to start off, you know, like Loop is amazing. I like honestly don't have, you know, negative things to say about them just because they've done so much good, you know, starting even off with TerraCycle, their first company. Um, or well, not their first company since they're still operating and their sister companies now, but they've both done such amazing work, but the real differences come in in a few different processes. So they've had the opportunity to work with super large companies before and good on them. You know, they're working with gigantic brands and, you know, you need that transition of all products over. So, you know, even though I'm working with smaller brands now and I always will be in the future and it'll always be a community focus, you know, if we really want a systemic change to, you know, how the whole system operates, big brands, you know, they need to be a part of this too. Um, And they do a great job of that, but the real difference comes in at the community level. So Circular operates in a way where right now we're pretty much solely working with Toronto-based locally owned companies um, and we're helping them reuse their product packaging, but it doesn't just stop at the brands we work at work with. The real exciting sort of part of that is the washing aspect of it, which is sort of, you know, <laughs> the secret sauce, but it's not so secret, is that we work with, you know, community kitchens we work with event centers we work with you know event rental groups all in toronto that have this you know hundreds of thousand dollar machines sometimes in their you know location wherever that is and it's just going unutilized so what we're really saying is you know a circular economy isn't just about you know you buying that packaging and we make sure it's washing it it's also about you know well why would we invest in this machinery when we can pay great local companies who could also, you know, make an extra buck and we can help them use a machine that's going underutilized. So a big part of that is, you know, working with companies in the local area to help with washing. And that, you know, that gives us the great benefit of being able to, you know, also scale pretty quickly if we want to transfer into a new market. Um, But yeah, it's a pretty interesting time and Loop, I'm pretty sure they use Ecolab for their um, washing, but, you know, both in my opinion, great companies. It's just the small differences. 
Mm -hmm. And I think that's like really good because it's not, it has like a business benefit because it makes scaling way easier. It's not centralized. You're more resilient. And then it supports and keeps the communities running basically. So Mm -hmm. you can support local economies, but then also even like having a potential washer nearby to the end retail store or brand that's going to use it. That would also reduce the carbon footprint too, because you're not shipping it far distances. Exactly. So, you know, you reduce, and the whole thing we were just talking about even before we started this was, you know, how can you reduce the impact on all these different levels? So it's not just about, you know, like we we want to reduce packaging waste, but how can we reduce, you know, the amount of water we use in our process, the amount of carbon that gets created when we transfer these packages around. And when you keep it in a very localized systems and, you know, these sort of hubs. So our first hub is, you know, Toronto. We also have a hub starting out in Guelph, but, um, what we're really focusing on is, you know, any package that's collected in there and washed in there is returned back to a local brand. So, you know, the cost of, you know, the environmental cost of even transporting it is reduced so significantly because it's always within the same region. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that having that like multi-layer benefit, like business, social, Mm -hmm. environmental, just shows how these like local companies that are doing things like circular can just be so beneficial for everybody involved. And Mm -hmm. when you take a social lens into things and you take an environmental lens, it's going to have business benefits most of the time, not all of the time, but this is a good example of one. (laughs) Um, So on that note, knowing how like obsessed I am with circular and the rest of Toronto should be with circular. um, I want to talk also about the barriers that you experience being Mm -hmm. a startup in this space. Like I can imagine there are lots, but what are kind of the main barriers you're facing when you're trying to start this type of initiative up? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And I think it comes down to a few different things. I mean, in general, I found, you know, the whole experience pretty actually great because um, whenever you talk to someone about, you know, trying to reduce waste and pretty much whatever it is, they're all sort of gun ho for the idea, which is great. You know, there's great support for it. I guess the real barriers for really any business, but any, you know, one that's a green one, especially is, you know, can you prove that this will work? And can you prove that this will make sense? So that sort of comes down to two sides on the customer side. It's, you know, always advocating for these types of solutions so that businesses know that there's demand for it and there's feasibility to it. And just also providing, you know, demand for the service itself, it helps us scale and run and operate and all that type of stuff. But then also on the business side, it's, you know, can this actually work for you as a business? And proving that credibility is always the thing that businesses struggle with. So that's why we're launching pilots and hub cities to actually, you know, make sure that we can prove that credibility for some companies that are willing to take that chance with us. And then once we're done with that, we can, you know, show, Hey, this, you got all these benefits from sales, return customers, loyalty, you know, there's so many benefits to reuse, but if we can really prove that with a few great companies, then, you know, a lot of fun and exciting stuff can happen. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And hopefully that's also how the accelerator can help because, you know, proving these, um, these, I guess, consumer behavior questions, business questions, all these things that come with starting an initiative that's so like leading edge, like there are so many questions to answer. So having pilots in the phases to be able to test all these things and then put forth a solid business plan that you know for sure will work, or at least you're more certain that it will work um, is super, super important. So on the note of barriers, I want to 
like flip that now and ask what's working really well. Like we started with the struggles. Now what is really helping you? What is like, what are you killing it? What, how's circular killing it right now? Yeah, I think the way we're killing it, that's a, that's a good question. And it's tough to think about sometimes in a startup when some days it's, you know, everything seems like a barrier. Other days, everything seems like an opportunity. So for me, the things that are always working well, is just sort of analyzing, you know, the actual business model itself. And I think this business model, we can see it really working and we're really excited about that um, just in terms of the small sort of case studies and examples we've seen from it so far is just that, you know, brands for one are like general, very interested retail locations where we'd house collection sites and things like that. They're also interested. And of course there's concerns along the way, but for me, the real excitement and that opportunity comes from the whole sort of idea of, you know, People are excited, people are ready to make this work. And I think there's generally a lot of opportunities from both grant streams and funding streams to make projects like this happen that overall, I think it's a pretty exciting time and there's a lot of opportunities. It's sort of hard to pinpoint one thing that's um, working out the best, but I I think the business model is doing pretty well right now. Mm -hmm. Definitely, I think of all the time, because I mean, zero waste has been a thing for a while in the city. But I agree that the timing right now, especially like at this point in the pandemic, a lot of people are like, Mm -hmm. okay, we can see the end. Like now we're kind of like going back to these environmental things that we've always wanted to focus on, you know, and like it's becoming so mainstream Uh that people want to reduce plastic waste, like plastic waste bans, like all of band, not band, (laughs) Um, like all of that good stuff. Um, I agree. I think it, it's, it feels like a good time. Like, I feel like you you have like that, like gut feeling Mm -hmm. that it's a good time. Yeah, exactly. And it's also just thinking that, you know, there's so much change that happened this year and people are sort of, like you said, they're, they know there's a way out of it now. Um, and I think a lot of us are sort of thinking, you know, how can we, you know, use this time that was terrible to really reinvent the way we operate on so many different levels. You know, it's made us make us pretty much all more concerned about our health and safety, which is, you know, so crucial. We, you know, we want to be a healthy group of people in a healthy economy and all this stuff but you know how can we become more resilient and how do we want our future even to live you know we're starting to think about our own lives a lot and what do we want from them and things like that so um yeah I think generally people are very excited for you know what the future holds and if we can create a a great sort of circular system out of that um then we're off to a great start yeah Definitely. Win, win, win across the board. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. I'm putting that it's the universe and it can come back <laughs> at us in about 16 weeks. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Okay. So if people want to follow up with Circular, if they want to follow what you guys are doing, how can people connect with you? What's your website, your social, all this, all the fun stuff? Yeah. So as I've said, our name is Circular. That's because we're, you know, trying to create the circular economy, a little, little wordplay there. Um, but the way we really spell our name is C-I-R-C-U-L-R. So circular without the A, um, and you can find us at circular.ca. So um, that's the best way to check us out. We're launching our pilots in the beginning of April, which will be super exciting just to see the type of interest and feedback from the community and just like <laughs> learn so much. And just in terms of, you know, what are the key data metrics that we need to be looking at and how can we improve this on every different 
um, side of it. And once we really do that, we can really grow into the future. But if you want to follow along with us, you can find us at circular.inc on Instagram, um, circular shop on Facebook. Um, and then, like I said, circular.ca is a great way to check us out. And we have a newsletter that will keep you updated on the brands we're launching with and the stores that we're using as well. Awesome. Love it. Well, thank you so much, Charles, for joining us on this week's episode of Inner Circle. It was great chatting with you. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks so much for joining us on this week's episode of The Inner Circle. Please rate us on Apple Podcasts to help others find us and learn more about the circular economy. If you'd like to join the business network or donate to our nonprofit, you can learn more at impactzero.ca. And if you'd like to stay connected, you can follow us on Instagram at impactzero.ca, on Twitter at impactzero underscore ca, or on LinkedIn by searching impactzero. Thanks so much for joining me this week, and we'll see you soon.